Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. FFM, buckle up and get out your notepad or the notes app on your phone because you are going to want to take so many notes on this episode or during this episode. If there's like one episode that I would say is a must listen, It's honestly this one because this is the stuff that we should be taught in school and we're not. I don't know why, but we're not. So welcome to the masterclass of Tyler Howe on how the heck you buy a house. Tyler is one of my closest friends from high school. He is the most wonderful person and is a badass killing it at his job mortgage lender. And he is someone who I have kept in contact with since school, but reached out to recently and was like, hey, Ty, we're thinking about buying a house. Like, what do we even do? And he sent me the longest document of things that we should do, the process, whatever. Like, it was so educational. And I responded and was like, you got to come on my podcast because the people need this information. So I love this episode. I love him so much. I want everyone who listens to this to go follow him on Instagram. I want to blow up his social media. And also, if you are looking to buy a house, he is your guy like contact him, help him. Like he even said, he is all about the hustle and the grind and he is willing to help anyone. So send him a message. Also for context, this episode was recorded before we bought the house that we're moving into. I know the timeline is a bit confusing. I apologize. But to lay it all out there, we had put in the offer for the house that we're moving into and had pulled the offer. So if you listen to the episode, we're moving to Jersey baby or whatever it's called, where I announced that we're moving, it gives context and a full timeline of the process that we did because we did end up putting an offer in the house, pulling it and then reconfiguring some stuff with the builder and are now moving into it. But this episode was recorded in like that middle window. So if you're confused, that is why we have now moved into the house that we mentioned in this episode. So I just want to clarify that because if I don't want people to listen and be like, wait, what the hell is going on? So sometimes the timeline of podcasting doesn't perfectly align with my life. But anyway, today's episode is amazing. Tyler, I love you so fucking much. And thank you guys for listening. Come on in, take a seat. Tyler, I'm like so excited. Let's do it. (laughs) Like when I came in here, I've been giddy all day. Yeah. Joe was like, who the hell are you interviewing? Because I was like so excited. I was like, I'm going to see Tyler. (laughs) When was the last time we saw each other? Oh man. At one of the high school reunion. Was that five years? It had to be it. It must have been the five year reunion. And now we're like 10 years. No, we're more than that. 13, 14 years after. That's. Terrifying. We're almost 10 years out of college. Right. So which 10 is years crazy college on its is own. coming up, which means yeah. 14 out of wow. So it's And that was been, briefly, by the way. We didn't like, we, like even it chill. Was so quick. Yeah. So it's been like nine-ish years. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Crazy. But 
I follow you on social media, yeah. obviously. I'm honored. My seven hours. I'm honored. <laughs> and I am like so obsessed with what you're doing. I think it's yeah. amazing. I like, you're one of those people who obviously I don't speak to regularly. Sure. And I haven't seen in a long time, right. but I've loved you since high school. Like you're Back one of you. my favorite people in high school. I, I also it. think that we, I want to first dive into like a little bit of high school stuff okay. to give the listeners some insight. Let's go. Background. Tyler was one of my very good friends in high school. He even was my mom's like right hand. Best friend. Best friend. Let's be clear. Okay. The school we went to, this is so weird, but we did these things called senior projects yes. where senior spring, they basically knew like you guys got into college. You're not going to take your classes seriously. Yeah. So yeah. you can come in if you have AP classes. Yeah. Otherwise you do a project, yeah. quote unquote. And like, what did we even have to do at the end? Write something? Yeah. you had. Yeah. There was some big presentation for it. You had to put Couldn't it. Couldn't have been that big. You needed some. Yeah, true. <laughs> because what the hell was yeah, in your presentation? True. You, it was some kind of business proposal of like. Something. Something. So I just remember what I did. I don't remember what everyone else was doing. So like I oh, was- Oh, it didn't have to necessarily be business though. You could like try to master- Yeah, you could have done like, anything. Like someone was a That's DJ, right. I That's think. Right. Someone, yeah. So I was my mom's best friend's like assistant to her designing company or decorating, okay, yeah, yeah, Judy yeah. King. Yeah. And then Joe was like his basketball coach's assistant for okay. the like young kids that they coached. And Tyler was my mom's assistant, <laughs> yes. which- the absurdity is that my mom does not have a job. Yeah. <laughs> Start there. Well, like she did, like, it was like, what are you assisting the, her? The focus was she was trying to investigate if she were to open a yoga studio in right. the city, would it be profitable? Oh, in the city? It involved coming to the city to like check out okay. studio space and okay. stuff. It also involved doing yoga with her. Of course. Keep in mind. So- this was in 2009. Yes. And my mom was on the early bandwagon of yoga. She started in 2001 after 9-11. Uh, okay, got it. So like that was, I mean, I should clarify, not the early bandwagon in the world, right, right, but like right, right. early in yeah, social the like- Social trend and like pickup and all that. United yeah, States absolutely. whitewashed version yeah, of yoga. Yeah. And That's she, clear by the way, because she was killing it. <laughs> but she was really good. And yeah. so she did her like whole certification thing. Yeah. And- I guess there was a period where she was going to open, like thought about it. She might've just done this to I like, give me something to you. do. Yeah. I think yeah. she did it for you. I think the project was just being her best friend. I, yeah, no, literally. Yeah, which is even better. But you were. Yeah. Like yeah, I'd yeah. come home and you'd just be like hanging out. I'm like, what's up, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. you doing? We, we took a drive into the city and it was just me and her in the backseat, like like two executives. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what, what do you need? <laughs> Everyone who knows my mom understands how absurd this is. Yeah. But also one of my favorite memories of which she will say all the time is like at one of our parties, I remember her finding you in a car with a few friends and yeah. the windows up yeah. and the windows roll down and suddenly smoke's escaping. Uh, what could that be? And you're like, Hi, Cindy. Yeah. She's like, Tyler, hello. I'm trying to brainstorm ideas for yeah, exactly. our project. <laughs> um, I have been like cheering you on from the sidelines because I I just love seeing you thrive. And I feel I like that. you post that, like these accolades and these things that are happening. And right. I'm like, way to fucking go. Yeah. And every time you get some big award, my mom will text me too. Yeah, She's like, I love seeing Tyler yeah, do yeah, that, so well. That means a lot. Yeah. So you have a full cheering crowd. I also will say personally, like you're such an incredible supporter and cheerleader of mine, which yeah. like there are a few males in my life who are like this. Right. And it's like a few of Joe's friends, a few of my friends. And right. it means the world to me. Like yeah. it really does, especially because my content is not typically driven for like the male audience. I'm talking yeah. about like vibrators in my period half the time. Yeah. The fact that you guys are even watching this, I'm yeah, like, thank yeah, you. Yeah. So the reason I want to have you on specifically mm -hmm. 
you, I don't, what is your role? Like, what is your title? I can't let you get past without me reciprocating my respect here for the community you've built as well. Thank you. Like, honestly, when I explain your page and your platform to people, like one of the things I mentioned when I like say how many followers you have or whatever is also just how engaged you are with your community. Like Thank that you. is actually something super special. Yeah, like you you can tell just through the Q and A's, like the events you put on and mm-hmm. how you take time to respond to people and actually like want to get to know people. Like I wanted to make sure when I was on here, I told you I respect that. And Thank you, honey. Appreciate that. So, yeah, I, it's, it's awesome. something that I actively really try to do, and yeah. I will say like, and it shows. It, it's built this incredible fucking community, yeah. and it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, Amazing. That, that engagement too is just like rare this these day and age. So like, yeah, well, it's the, important. The FFM is oh, yeah, ride or die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your actual title yeah, yeah. of work? So there's a few different names for like a loan officer, loan originator. I call myself like a mortgage advisor, but okay. really I just help people get financing to, to purchase homes mainly. Okay. I do refis too, but it's mainly helping people buy houses All right, with the financing side. So- Obviously, I'm interested because we're in the process of looking. Right. I'm not sure when this episode will release, but it's, I guess, important to note that while we're, we are recording it, it's like early November. Yeah. And for context for you and for listeners, uh-huh. we are interested in purchasing a home in Jersey and we've been looking and like while we've started this process, I'm realizing how little I know. Yeah. yeah. How overwhelming this all is. Yes. How suddenly I feel so dumb. And I'm like, I don't want to be an adult. Like, I, I don't. I, I <laughs> Not with this. Yeah. No, like, I just don't. It, it's one of those things. And I it's get, hard to be excited about the whole thing. Well, it's like I'm so excited for the end game. Sure. But I get triggered is not the right word. When I feel dumb, I get really anxious and overwhelmed. And I just want to, like, shut down. Sure. And just say, nope, I'm done here. Yeah. Which I obviously can't do in this case because we want to eventually like yeah. move. So I want to have you on to help the listeners work through this process because Absolutely. I know that a lot of people are similarly figuring this out. Yeah. So like one of the things there too is this experience is something you only go through like a handful of times in your life. Like right. most people, right? It's like a few times. For context, like I closed 260 loans last year. Wow. Right. Not, you know, just to qualify okay, the conversation. You know? <laughs> yeah. But like I'm doing it every day. Yeah. So like this is all you know, the same for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's tough because what I think gives people anxiety or stress about the process is just not knowing. Totally. And it's not easy to find the education. It's not like for so many things these days, you can leverage YouTube, Google, mm-hmm. everyone's doing like trying to find the stuff on TikTok now. We oh, let me talk. tell you, TikTok is the <laughs> yeah, news, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, I know, I we know, need to make I you know. a TikTok. It's hard to pack everything in there though yeah, at times. That's why you make, like, follow me for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, for yeah. part two. But there's also some like misinformation that goes out. Well, of course. That's and then the like, social media. Yeah. So in general, that's, I think, what contributes to that feeling that most people have. Mm-hmm. And just as an example, like trying to figure out what sort of closing costs are associated with buying a house, you can Google that. You're not going to know the dollar amount. It's not going to be in one central place. You well, really also- need to figure out who does know that information that can help you with it. Like a New Jersey closing cost is going to be different than an Iowa closing cost. So when you're Googling this. Exactly. And like the other thing for me is, yes, the financial aspect, 100%. For us, we also are looking for our forever home, which I know is absurd to say, but it's just the way that both of us grew up. We've never moved. 
I just did the same thing. So I feel you. Joe has lived, 100%. I mean, technically, I guess he lived in West Windsor, I think, or I forget where before right. for like a few years. I lived in New York for a few years, but then right. we've always been in those homes. That's yeah, not yeah. common, but like, that's something we really want to try yeah. if we can. And that does change how you're going to be looking at the house. And of course, totally. Yeah. But also I feel overwhelmed by like the extreme aspect of this decision where we like see a house and I love so many things about it. And then it's like, okay, well, what really is a negotiable? Like, for instance, we really want this double vanity. I've always dreamed yeah, of having a double yeah, yeah. vanity in the bathroom. Because yeah. right now we're fighting over one sink to like wash our face at the yeah, end of the night. Yeah. And it's like, well, can we, is that something that's negotiable? Is it not? But then also all of these things that I do, I've never even thought of. Like I made a TikTok that was like, what do you wish you knew when you were buying a house? And it was like, I wish I had walked around the house and flushed all the toilets and turned on the shower at the same time. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah. all of these things, like you remember Naylor, Joe's friend, John no. Naylor? No. Okay, well, anyway, he went with Joe to look at one of the houses and okay, he recently, like yeah. walked upstairs because we had mentioned that one of these rooms would maybe be a gym, but it was above the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes up there and he's bouncing up and down on the ground. He's like, Joe, do you hear me in the bedroom? Like things I would have never done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that actually. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm like- There's I'm, funny stories about people's dads like coming through and trying to be the inspector. Oh, uh, yeah. I like bring it. I thought we were going there. <laughs> no, no, That's no. always funny to see. But I'm like, that. I want to bring That's him- That's a good aspect though, for to sure. every yeah. thing now because he knows yeah. what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. So anyway. The aspect of the mortgage process, let's start there. Sure. Like very basic. Can you explain what a mortgage is? It's funny because <laughs> when I started, so I started like eight years ago, I didn't get it at the most basic level. Yeah. Like when I spoke with my current and still mentor, like partner, mm -hmm. manager, when I walked in there, I had, I didn't even understand at the most basic level. It's, it's just a loan to help acquire the house. If you want to okay. buy a $500,000 house, you have 20 grand to put down. You need to get the 480 somewhere else. Yep. When I started, I didn't even get that at a basic <laughs> level. I'm like, what the hell? Even the word mortgage is like yeah. cryptic and an ugly word. I'm like, what the fuck are it's we doing? It's hard to say with this yeah, what, what are we doing with mortgages? Yeah. So it's just a loan to get the house, but it, it is one of the more complex loans to secure. Different from getting a, a loan for a car, different from getting a loan, like a student loan. Mm -hmm. It's way more involved. There's way more government regulation, especially because of what happened in yep. 2007, 2008. So it is a much more involved process. And also when you're buying a house, and this is an important thing that I want to get into, you're very much going to have a team that's helping you do that. Yeah. Everyone's going to be playing a defined role. You got the realtor, you might have an attorney. The mortgage process, if you're getting a loan, which nine times out of 10, that's what people are getting. Mm -hmm that is what everything hinges on. Like if a deal doesn't close, it's usually because one of two things, like inspections uncovered issues that the right. buyer and the seller could not come to an agreement on of mm -hmm. how to resolve. Or the second is the, the loan falls apart. Okay. So like, it's not a surefire thing. There are many things that can go wrong. And it's arguably the most important aspect of the whole thing. So let's do a fake process. Okay. Because this was another thing that confused me I like that, yeah. where when we were looking, when I first went to see the first house we ever looked at, they were like, okay, and we need best offers by tomorrow at 12, yeah. which is a new thing in today's yeah. market, specifically North sure. Jersey. It's absurd. Yes. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, so I've now learned the process to a degree. Yeah. So let's pretend I go to look at this house. Yeah. 
What, what is like the first step that you would say people do in the process of wanting to buy a home, I guess? So a, a lot of what I'm gonna talk about is gonna come from the perspective of somebody that's gonna get a loan to okay. get it. You're gonna skip a lot of these steps if you're buying cash. Well, right, but let's assume that but we're getting loans. Assuming we're getting the loan, you actually wanna start with the pre-approval first. Right, I and made that mistake. that still doesn't <laughs> happen, right? Because naturally people decide, I wanna start looking at houses. They start going on Zillow. Mm -hmm. They might call an agent they see on Zillow that or they me. look for a realtor. There's a lot of realtors out there looking for you know mm -hmm. people to work with. So that's actually where I get a lot of my referrals are from realtors. From a realtor perspective, they, before they even want to invest time in you, they often want to see like, all right, have you already spoken with the bank? Can yeah. you get the money you're going to need to do this? Or are you buying cash? Mm -hmm. So to me, you want to start that pre-approval process first before you even look at houses. One classic scenario we see, like, see play out all the time is somebody goes, sees a house at an open house officer do like that evening, mm -hmm. they have not even gotten pre-approved. They're in a rush to do it. Then they uncover something that is going to require time. For example, like their credit needs help. Right. And it might take a couple weeks to improve that. They can't even get the offer in. Now you're dealing with like a heartbreak situation where they like feel like they missed out on something. I don't even want people to look at houses until they know the financings lined up because I want to avoid you even having your emotions get work with like that. And I agree because I went to go look at this house, fell Here in love go. with it. <laughs> you're and spots, yeah. I'm like, well, how do I get a mortgage? Yeah. And they're like, are you pre-approved? I'm like, nope. What's how do that? I get pre-approved? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. We weren't ready to buy the home, so it's not like a heartbreak situation. Sure. But anyway. The pre-approval, if if I could touch on that. Yeah, I want to. So it's an important milestone. What a pre-approval letter actually is, is like a cover letter for an offer. When you make an offer on a house, you're going to sign a contract with your with your realtor and they're going to submit that to the listing mm -hmm. agent. The pre-approval letter is going to serve as like a cover letter. So the first thing they see is you were vetted by a bank. Everything they're okay. about to see has already been discussed with a bank. And, you know, if you're making the offer contingent on a mortgage, they're naturally going to see, okay, well, where's your, your pre-approval letter? But the pre-approval process is more than that. It's not about just getting the letter. It's like, so to speak from my perspective of how I conduct myself with mm -hmm. people that I'm working with, we want to start that interview up front, that pre-approval process, so I can learn more about your situation and start to figure out what kind of strategy I think is going to work best for you. Like what kind of loan product? I don't want you to worry about the hundred loan products that are out there. I want to yeah. come up with what I think is the best product and solution for you based on your situation. Okay. Everybody wants to skip that process because they're coming in hot with like a specific question. I've got 10 grand saved up. Like, can I do this? Yeah. Or I just got a job. Can I do this? Everyone wants to start at the end. And part of what I'm doing is kind of pumping the brakes a little bit and saying 95% of what I do is just fact gathering. 5% is the solution. The solution is super easy once I understand your situation. And are you, you're like looking at their financials, obviously yep. to like confirm that they could pay this off. Yeah. Right. So to speak, cause I think this will help yeah. from a basic perspective to get a loan. Some of the things are obvious. Like you need to have a certain credit score. Obvious. Okay. You need to have cash for the down payment. Obvious. Mm -hmm. The tricky part is what determines what kind of loan you can afford. And I can give you is the relationship between your monthly debts and your income. Okay. Now, that can be simple on its face. Like you can, we'll prove you to have monthly debts that are roughly 50% of your monthly income. Okay. But how the income's measured, how your debts are measured, that's where things can get a little bit dicey. Mm -hmm. Like if you're self-employed, right. oh, a little I bit different than that. everyone there you go. when yeah. I have to do anything financial. They're like, well, what's your job? Yeah. And, like, and I, I try to explain. And then how much money did you make? Uh, I don't yeah. even know and what's like, on the tax return. How much yeah. money did you make a month? And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. Can it's you like, sit yeah. down for a second? We can go through my QuickBooks yeah. because it changes a lot. If you're, if you're self-employed and using a CPA too, you're not even sure 
like what they did to put it on uh, paper to well, like. I'm a, yeah. I mean, do you know me? You yeah. think I would give up that control? I've got a fucking Trail. spreadsheet. <laughs> every dollar that comes in and every dollar that goes out that yeah. I manually am entering and like working through to match yeah. QuickBooks. Well, okay. You're more, crazy. yeah, you're more on I mean, on there's nothing, too. the weight of my heart is a good spreadsheet. Yeah. So, so it's really that we're trying to figure out what is your debt to income situation okay. look like? The less debt you have in relation to income, the more you're going to afford for the loan. That's okay. that's a basic foundation level. That's really what I'm assessing. So when I'm speaking with the client, and by the way, like it doesn't need to be some overly formal process. Like I'm very relaxed. I do all of it over the phone. I'm not going to press people for documentation up front. The experience is going to vary depending on who you're working with and what kind of bank they are. There are people that are very formal like that. Yeah. Send me your bank statements. Send me your W-2. Send me your pay. I'm not doing any of that. You, if you make 100K a year, you can just tell me that. Okay. I just need to know that information. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so, does anyone lie to you? That's a good question. Very rarely, because it's not in your best interest to do that either. Right. Like, I feel like most people know you're not going to like trick the system. Well, I'm going to see this at some point. So that brings up another question. Yeah. If you give this like pre-approval, yeah. they're obviously going to look into it after. Part of that pre-approval letter when a listing agent's looking at it okay. specifically says I verified this information. Okay, so eventually you So like I do need this before you're making an offer okay. or like that day. Okay. But, but just to start to give you a game plan and like let you know where you stand if you're just curious right. about you it. Just... It's a conversation. Like it doesn't okay. need to be that um, crazy. Two follow-up questions. One, yeah. what's like the standard percentage of cash that needs to be put down within a mortgage? Does it depend by state? Does it? No. Okay. Great question too. This is a common one. So ton of misconception about people trying to hit like 20% down on a house. Yeah, that's what I always thought. Which I think like, dude, how many people are really pulling? I mean, how many young people or people buying right. a house for the first time are coming up with 100K for a 500K house? Mm -hmm. Not, not, you know, not the case at all. So you can get away with as little as 3% down in most situations. Really? Just 3%. That's mainly for first time buyers. Even if you're not a first time buyer, you can still get away with just 5% down. So that, that changes the landscape right off the bat. The, yeah. the pervasive like misconception out there is that mortgage insurance is like the devil. It's just a part of your mortgage insurance. So when you put down less than 20%, okay. banks are going to want an added insurance in case you default on the loan, in case you don't pay it. Okay. Because if you buy a house and you just put 3% down, you don't have much skin in the game. Like you could easily just walk away from the house. You didn't right. put down 200K. It's a lot easier to walk away from 10K, for example. Yeah. So I don't know why they define 20% as that like dividing line, okay. but anytime you're less than that, they want that added risk to be addressed somehow. And it's through mortgage insurance, which is just a part of your payment. Okay. And so it's, it's insurance an for the bank. Fee. You're paying the bank's insurance. It's Got not it. anything for you. It's protection for the bank. Because okay. if you don't pay your loan, the bank will be able to get that loan covered from the insurance provider right. that you're paying. Okay. Yeah. The, and then we don't go into a housing default crisis like we did. There you go. Today's episode is sponsored by a brand I am head over heels in love with, Canopy. I've been using their humidifiers ever since having Liam. And while I always knew how great they were, I have a newfound appreciation for them now that we're in this new house. Moving into a new house is an adjustment to say the least. And it's easy to feel like you're existing in someone else's space. Given that we haven't ordered much furniture yet, we are trying to find other ways to make this space feel like ours and more homey. That is where Canopy comes in. The Canopy humidifier is a completely reimagined humidifier that elevates your home for ultimate skincare and wellness benefits. Plus, my favorite part about it is their unique feature and design make it easiest and the cleanest humidifier out there. 
I've been relying on small products that play a role in my everyday routine to provide some of that comfort. It's like they are the small pieces of home we've brought with us to start this new journey. We have a canopy humidifier in Liam's nursery next to his crib, one in the guest room, which is where we're currently sleeping, and one in our bedroom where we will be moving into once the furniture arrives. Yes, the act of filling it up with water has obviously become a part of my nightly routine and is one of the cues to my brain of like, okay, it's time to shut down now. But the scent of the aromas are what make this house feel like home. It makes me so happy crawling into bed with that scent just filling up the room. If you're interested in trying a canopy humidifier in your own home, go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your canopy humidifier purchased today with Canopy's filter subscription. Even better, use code Cameron at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Your skin will thank you. You guys, I have to tell you about this new healthcare company I discovered. Modern Age is on a mission to slow down aging. Getting older is inevitable and I'm all about embracing age, but how we feel and look as we get older is actually well within our control. And no, I'm not talking about some magic pill or surgery. Modern Age is all about helping people get proactive with how they age. So they launched the Aging Wellness Assessment, which looks at over 55 markers of health from hormones to metabolism to cognitive function to uncover underlying issues your regular doctor might not notice. You can even find out if you're at risk for diseases like cancer, Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, and heart disease. So you can take action now to help prevent those from showing up later. Their medical team uses the latest scientific research combined with evidence-based treatments to proactively address the most frustrating and often undiagnosed impacts of aging. So you can reach your physical and mental peak and live healthier longer. This type of health assessment used to only be available to elite athletes and celebrities, but modern age is making it possible for people like you and me because everyone deserves to feel and look their best. Whether you're having issues with sleep, energy, mood, focus, wrinkles, or even low sex drives, their expert clinicians at modern age can help you uncover the root cause and find out exactly how to get you back to feeling like yourself. So how does it work? You start by coming into one of the beautiful modern age studios in Flatiron or the Upper East Side for a blood panel and bone scan. Then you'll complete a couple online assessments to measure your cognitive function and subjective age. After that, your modern age clinician will sit down with you for a full hour to go over all of your results and give you personalized treatment recommendations. The best part is you can get it all taken care of right there at modern age. They offer treatments like IV drip therapy, hormone replacement therapy, Botox, and more to improve how you feel both inside and out. And listeners of this podcast can get 20% off their first treatment. Just use code Cameron20 when you check out at the Modern Age Studio. If you're even a little bit curious, you've got to book a free consultation at Modern Age. The clinicians are so helpful and they'll walk you through your options with no pressure and no commitment. It's time to take control of how we age. Head to modernage.com to book your free consultation. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good, me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining. Join me every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. My other follow-up question is, where are you actually servicing? You personally, because I could feel like yeah, people yeah. could be listening and be like, oh, I like this guy. I want to yeah, work with yeah, him. Yeah, sure. By the way, it's not even what I'm here for. Like, I'm happy no, to do that, that. But I very much want to be like a resource for your community. So it's important we to love me that, that Thank people you. have questions. Yeah. Even if you're working with a bank, even if you've already completed the process, whatever it is, 
hit me up and I'm happy to help. That's what my entire practice has been built on, by the way, is no, just like, trying to add value. Tyler emailed me. I sent him a DM uh, being yeah. like, yo, miss <laughs> yeah. you. Hope you're doing well. Like, we're thinking about buying a house. I'm so confused. Yeah. Like, whatever. He emailed me four fucking pages, or three pages printed yeah. out. I have it in front of me. Like, overview, things to keep in mind. I, I saved that, by the way. That was a good one. I, I might, need you I'm, to be on my podcast. I might, I might reuse that. But where do you service? So, I'm licensed in 30 states. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm based out of Princeton, New Jersey. I live in New Shout Hope, Pennsylvania Princeton. currently. So I'm kind of on the border yeah. of New Jersey, PA. So a lot of my business is centered around PA and New Jersey. But I started to branch out because I work strictly off referrals. All right. So now I'm working with you. Mm -hmm. I've come to you before even start searching on Zillow. There you go. You've pre-approved me for this yeah. loan. Yeah. Now I can go look at houses. Yeah. I'll issue a pre-approval letter to somebody with just like a random property as a placeholder for it. Okay. Just so they know it's done. The pre-approval itself is supposed to be tailored to a specific offer. So like I'll update that letter to Got match it. your offer when it comes time to like picking out a house for that property and for that price. Okay. But after that first conversation where I'm getting your information, like one of the first things I want you to do is send me between one and five properties that you think represent price points you're interested in. Okay. And I'll put them on a spreadsheet and I'll do one with 5% down, one with 10% down. I try to give you all this information right up front so you can now see, okay, here's how much cash I need for right. each of these situations. Here's how the payments vary as the price goes up. One of the important things to see is how the taxes come into play. People don't talk about oh that enough. Oh my God. Taxes are huge. New Jersey taxes- Crazy. Are astronomical. Crazy. Like some of the houses that we've looked at are insane. Yeah. And that's actually, I want to talk about that really quickly when mm -hmm. it comes to taxes. They're based off of the assessment value of yeah. the home. Yeah. So something that came into play with one of the houses we decided not to put an offer in on was right. it was a new build, which is happening a lot, it's especially in taxes. North Jersey. Yeah. yeah. So they had taken this, like, I think it was a three unit home and then completely gutted it and renovated it into like a larger one family home. Yeah. And the assessment was like a third probably of what this house was yeah, going to yeah, go for. Right. And the taxes were already very high. Yeah, and you're like, where's this going? Well, right. Yeah. It's terrifying. And obviously yeah. there's no concrete calculation. No, and you'll close without even knowing it. Right, which like, why isn't there a calculation? They, that makes no sense They can to me. get it. It's just hard to obtain. And, it's, and, and at the end of the day, you just don't know for sure right. how accurate it's going to be. Often, like either the realtor or the title company that's involved is going to talk to the tax collection office yeah, in the town did. and try and, like, to get that percentage. Idea. But still, it's like it's unnerving not knowing. A situation I've seen play out, and I think this is useful for like your followers to know, mm -hmm. is I've had a client years ago buy a house that was just recently renovated, huge renovation. Every town, every state, by the way, is different on how they do these assessments, how often they do them. Mm -hmm. Most places, when a renovation's done, they'll see the permits get closed out in like the township yeah. you know, office and the people from the assessor's office can see, oh. Yeah, these little fuckers. Yeah, they just, they just. <laughs> I hate, I hate yeah. these people at the assessment office. They'll be like, yo, I saw you just did a huge renovation. Let's see what that house is, you know, worth now or let's, yeah. see, let's reassess it, right? So I had a client that bought a house, was a recent flip huge remodeling, but the taxes had not been reassessed mm -hmm. and her payment went up by like $800 due to the taxes, like uh, doubling or whatever happened. It six months later and it was, she no longer could afford it. Afforded right. it up front, now we can't afford it. That's a big thing I mention to people when I look at the description of the house and I see that they've recently done stuff, mm -hmm. I'll look at the tax history, I'll be like, taxes have looked flat the last six years. 
they're probably going to spike. You got to get more information on that now before you even make that offer because you don't know what you're walking into. Right. That's okay. like a landmine. Very important thing to know. Later. Yeah. yeah. And that was why we didn't put an offer in on this one house that like I fell in love with. And I will say you brought up a very good point. This was everyone's piece of advice. And this great, is great why advice. I really wanted the house that we ended up coming in second on. Yeah. Was the location, like you can renovate, you can update, you can change things. You cannot pick up a house and move it. I mean, you right. can, but like you're not going to. Yeah. So location, location, location. Super important. Not just for like your quality of living only, but just everything else, value, school district, all of that. Yeah. It's going to be completely tied into that. And there have been a few houses that we've looked at that are beautiful, great new builds. But I'm like, I, I don't want to live like- I don't want to live in that area or on that type of street. Like, yeah, I, I've got a lot of criteria that we can get into. Nah, the end. Location's cool too. Like one thing I started to realize, so I moved to New Hope yeah. um, is how like enjoyable just driving in that area is nothing I ever thought about, but just right. like my normal drive going to like the grocery store, I'm like, mm -hmm. this is a nice road. It's nice. You know, yeah. like, you got some tall ass trees around Well, I mean, here. that's like, like Princeton. Talk about fucking yeah. stunning driving Right, around. exactly. That, that has value to it though. It's not, totally. I like to remind people, it's not all numbers, everything. Emotion's going to come into play here and it's Absolutely. important, you know, and sometimes you need to try to define how much you value something there mm -hmm. where there is no dollar attached to it, especially when you're making an offer. Yeah. You know, it's more of a reflection of how bad you want something. When I like drive home to my parents' house and I'm on the street that we grew up on, which yeah. is a busy, busy street and like very different than what we're looking for. Yeah. But when I drive on that street in the fall, I'm like, yeah. this is the happiest day of my life. Yeah. Windows down, it's music important. blaring. It's like, this is my childhood. It makes me so happy. It's important. Okay. So now I've found a real estate agent broker. Sure. Through a Zillow, a referral. Somehow I have this broker. I like the referrals from people that, you Me know, too. recently went through the experience. I like to trade on reputation for like everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to call a random 1-800 number and just ask for the first person they give me. It's true for everything. The attorney, the realtor, the bank, like yeah. the bank itself is not even that important. You can make some generalizations about that. Like different banks have different mm -hmm. reputations or different ways of doing anything, but there's good people and there's bad people at every company, part of every real true. estate firm. So I, I really value the reputation and referral. So if you know somebody that had a great experience, mm -hmm. got a great deal, that's like a great starting point. Either yeah. family member, friend, coworker. Mine know. is a girl who actually used to work for me. It's her mom. Yeah. And I love her. She's our real estate agent. Yeah. So, and it is interesting based on what you've just said, referral versus not. I did look at the first house through like a Zillow listing. Yeah. Then whoever. Right. I don't know. Whoever this person was. Yeah. When you I typed saw them on the Zillow, website. Okay. Yeah. 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 They responded to me. Very different experience. Think about how, if I, Very. This, this is important to me. Like, think about how that person got you to call them because they're paying, very often they're paying Zillow to plug in their info if you click that button. Right. Call agent now. I want to work with somebody that is invested in helping me because their reputation matters and because that's how their practice is built. That is how I work. Yeah. So if I'm strictly I referral and it's coming from an attorney who's really trusting me or a real estate agent, like real estate agent, lender relationship is so crucial because I'm playing a vital part in their business. Totally. And again, I'm also part of their reputation now. Like what I do is reflecting right back on them as a consumer, as a borrower, as a buyer. I want to work with somebody that like has that skin in the game. Yeah. So I've now looked at houses with my real estate agent and I fall in love with one and I want to put an offer in. Yeah. This was another thing that I didn't know, but like you're not held like at gunpoint to this offer. <laughs> like you yeah. can, you can put in an offer yeah. and it doesn't mean like the next day you're yeah. buying this house. 
at all. This will vary state by state. New Jersey is a unique state, and I think probably a lot of your listeners yeah. are in Jersey. New Jersey has a built-in attorney review period. Right. I mentioned that in the email where you yeah. have three days after an offer is accepted to hire an attorney, okay? And the seller has the same period. If you don't hire an attorney, your right to do that defaults like after three days. You can still hire an attorney later, but mm -hmm. as far as conducting attorney review, most often, especially in North Jersey, both parties are going to get an attorney immediately within three days. First thing they do is actually void the contract. They say the terms of the original offer are null and void. Right. We're going to start hashing this thing Which out. Which makes no fucking sense to me because when Crazy. we were putting in this offer, <laughs> our real estate agent sends us this long contract and I'm like, wait, am we I- We already did that. How yeah, the, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but like oh, when original, with our okay. offer. Got it, got and it, And I'm got like, it. how am yeah. I supposed to look Read through, through 15 pages. all of yeah. this? I have no idea what this means. And she's like, right. I know this sounds- insane yeah. but this is actually all going to be voided yes. and we'll have attorneys and yeah. joe's like do you think she's lying yeah, 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 i'm like yeah, oh yeah, i don't yeah. think so but i don't know <laughs> yeah. so, so during that three-day period when you get the attorney and while the attorneys are trying to come to terms of agreement because they might shift your closing date they might talk right. about what's and included we, in the I sale say, yeah. this is after our offer has been accepted correct correct of course so if you if you're the winning offer based on the amount of money the like yeah, host of criteria. Host yeah. of, well, actually, what are some of the criteria? Perfect little sidebar yeah. there. So, and I mentioned this too. Everybody, again, thinks it's all numbers driven. Your offer price is, of course, important. Somebody right. offering 750 versus 700, very different. But they're also going to be weighing in, is it a cash offer versus does the buyer need a loan? Mm -hmm. And what the seller's trying to figure out, aside from just the price, is how sure can I trust this? Again, a lot of deals don't make it to the closing table. This is not going to close in two days. Like there's a process that's going to come. Yeah. There's a lot of risk. So they're trying to figure out how much risk is there behind this offer. If you make an offer for 780, but you need to sell your house. So your right. offer is contingent. contingent. There you go. You're going to hear that word a whole ton. Yeah. The more contingencies there are, mm -hmm. meaning the more things the buyer needs to rely on to get this done, the more inherent risk there is to right. that offer. So if you need to get a loan, that's one contingency. If you need to sell your house, there's another and even on the home sale contingency, they're going to look at how far along on the home sale are you. You need to sell your house to buy my house. Right. Did you, you even, even list, list it, it yet? Yeah. I always tell people that too. Like we're talking about trying to put the offer. I'm like, dude, you haven't even done a single thing on the sale. The first thing I look at, right. they're going to Google your house and be like, it's not even the market yet. Right. So they're looking at that and they're trying to assess risk. That's why they say cash is king in real estate, just like everything mm -hmm. else, because there's not as much perceived risk there. One thing I thought was useful that I mentioned is like in a super competitive environment, Things are still competitive now, but especially the last two years when it was crazy. crazy. You might have 20 offers, 30 offers on a place. They start to like look at the small little things. Yeah. So you have two offers, both are getting loans, but you're putting down 20% and I'm putting down 5%. Like you look stronger. It looks mm -hmm. like you have more cash. I like to remind people of the optics and how that's important. What you put down on that offer is not necessarily what you're held to in reality. You can make an offer with 20% down. So long as in reality, you could produce that 20%. You can't yeah. do that if you don't have that cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. But if you can make that offer and then switch to 5% down if you wanted to. How? People don't even, you just work with your bank to get a, a higher loan. Oh, and you just need to show up to the really closing. No, to you the, just need yeah. to show up to the closing with the money. And the seller's not even going to necessarily know you're doing that. so fucking confusing. Okay. Yeah. Other contingencies that I've heard of and seen are like yeah. closing date. The seller might want to close there earlier. You go. Yeah. The assessments, you can like, Either waive the appraisal, appraisal. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can waive appraisals. Yeah, or you can do like one of the offers we put in was like with the appraisals since it was new. We would do 
up to 5K weed cover yeah. or something. Yeah, so yeah. like throwing in extra bones if our offer was lower than again, maybe what we thought it would go for. removing risk to the seller because you're saying, right. the way the appraisal normally works is like the bank needs to make sure the house is worth what you're trying to buy it for. Wait, no, not appraisal. Assessments. Or what's it called that when is, they're going it. around? Oh, inspections, inspections maybe? Yeah, yeah, inspections, inspections. is a big one. Like people are waiving inspections now. People yeah. are, like what we said was we'll put down 5K We'll cover within 5K. these inspections. Okay, got it. You'll cover so like, 5K worth of inspection items for yes. whatever's wrong with the house. Got like if, it. if they found all these things wrong and it was worth 15K for them to fix. That's a huge one, by the way, because the seller wants this to be easy. Right, they, they, they don't want someone. Yeah, they don't want someone to come through who's going to ask to like replace the doorknobs or something crazy. Right. But this lends to how things got wild the last few years. House would go on the market. They were taking offers within one to three days and closing it out. You could go, I like to joke, you could leave for the weekend, go to the beach or something and a house popped on the market and went and you missed it. Uh, because my, you were just gone that weekend. My sister literally went to go look at houses, yeah. went to go see a house in the morning and had bought it by the that night, I think, or yeah. the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, insane to me. I, I sold a but house. But she was COVID. I sold a house last year in the springtime, listed on Thursday, gone by Monday. And that's how most of them are going, the timeline. Yeah. It's like they want to get the weekend showings and then by Monday Right it's, now it's in North up. Jersey, you see it on the weekend and it's best offer Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. So this is what's contributing though to people making like crazy decisions. I want to like, yeah. I want to remind. So when things were that wild, people are waiving their inspections entirely. Which so, is just. Dude, you're taking so much that's risk. That's a lot of risk. And when realtors are so, not all of them, but a lot of realtors are caught up in that. Like we got it. We got to win that offer. Like it's crazy out here. You got to, you got to yeah. wave everything. I, there's a purpose to that. When everybody was saying that, I wanted to be counter to that and remind them like, yeah, let's pump the brakes. You already have four people telling you, you got to do all, like wave the inspections, wave mm -hmm. the, I want to remind you like, I'm looking out for you. I don't want to yeah. see you get hurt or get into trouble. And that's why- And I, you got to think through like, what kind of risk am I really taking? Is there a septic totally. system? Okay, you're not going to get the, the septic inspected. Okay, if the septic's busted, it's going to cost 30 to 50K. Right. Did you even think about that? No, and like those are things I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I love our real estate agent because like one of the houses that I was in love with, she yeah. was like, this isn't your house. I like, like that. I, I just, I I want you to buy a house here. It means I really want you in this town. This is not your house. That Let's honesty not is push it. huge. Huge. Humongous. And she was so right. Yeah. And then when we found one we loved, she was like, this is your house. Let's go as much as we can. Let's do it. Yeah. We didn't win it. But the, the proper whatever. thinking from- either the lender or the realtor is always like, if you're working with me, we're going to do something in a month, a year, two years. It's going to happen. Right. But like, I need you to be happy first. Mm -hmm. And I like to talk about red flags. Like that's a red flag. People trying to keep you yeah. together for a specific offer and you start to get a feel like they just want to get this deal. Red flag. You know, we and got we got to watch out for those red flags. Okay. So now we've gone through the attorney review and we've yeah, agreed okay. on these terms. Can we, oh, quick back. note on attorney review. This is the whole point of it. Three days to get an attorney. Attorneys go back and forth for as long as it takes to agree on terms. So if you guys are going back and forth on what's included in the sale when you want to close for two weeks, during that entire period, either party can cancel for any reason. That's that stressful. is the huge part of a Is that when it's called under contract or no? Yes. Like it, on Zillow, it'll say like under contract. I honestly don't know all the little okay. the little meanings because they're also not always updated in real time. There's like contingent. Right. I'm waiting for the sale. house that we loved to like somehow fail yeah. so that we can get it. But. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, so because either party can cancel for any reason, like the seller's not really supposed to entertain other offers. They can take backups. Yeah. But there's this push and pull where because either party can cancel, the buyer usually wants to rush through that process to get it fully locked up out of return review, of course. get it under a binding contract. 
and the seller usually wants to drag their feet a little bit to see like what else comes in. Oh, interesting. Like, can I get another little offer in there? You yeah. know, so there's a little push and pull involved there, a little game that's played. And this is very unique. I think only 11 states have attorneys that are used in real estate. And I don't even know other states that have a formal attorney review process like New Jersey does. So in other states like PA, they don't even really use attorneys and you're pretty so much binding right off the rip. You do that, con like when you go with your offer, it's like your realtor is right now playing more of an attorney role for you and Got breaking it. down the offer. Whereas in New Jersey, they're going to hand that off to the attorney. Okay. There's more of a responsibility overlap for the realtor in other states. You'll still have other contingencies that are important to keep like the inspection. The inspection is yeah. like a universal thing, like, right. unless you waive it, which again is why we don't want to waive it. Like this gives you your other out mm -hmm. should things get uncovered. Like right. you, you I want to try to keep some of those protections in there. With a lot of the new builds, like yeah. sometimes people are, especially over the past two years, they might mm -hmm. be rushing to flip. You know what has been a transition that I was not expecting when it came to the move? Figuring out my new routines. And sure, this goes for morning routine, night routine, exercise, etc. But I'm even talking about my pooping routine. And yes, we are going there. Are you even surprised? As someone who loves a good poop, my body was a bit thrown off during the beginning stages of this move. I'm a person whose body thrives off of routine and normalcy and peace and quiet when it comes to my bowel movements. And you know what moving is not? Any of those things. Thankfully, this roadblock was short-lived as my digestive system figured out what that this was our home now and it was a safe place to do its business. But you know what it reminded me of? The time in my life that was a very long period where that was a consistent struggle for me. I used to struggle with constipation and bloat and all sorts of digestive health issues. And that is why I am now such a big fan of Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic. I've been taking it for a few years now and it has helped me with my digestive health so much. It is a broad spectrum, plant-based prebiotic and 24 strain probiotic formulated for digestive gut immune, and additional systemic benefits. Most specifically, Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic has helped me so much with the ease of evacuation. And yes, I mean, it has made it easier for me to poop. If you know me, you know how important that is to me. Plus, it supports the ease of bloating, which used to be a huge struggle for me and something I dealt with all the time. Seed has completely changed the game for me, and I love how many of you have messaged me saying that it has helped you as well. You can start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron. So we've gone through the attorney review. Yeah. Now it comes down to what's next, closing? So during this whole process, you can start the, most people start getting the loan formally. They begin that okay. loan process when attorney review ends. In truth, like you could start it immediately. The moment you know you're an accepted offer, you can begin the process. I like to start early because the first major milestone from the lender perspective is getting your approval issued in the form of what's called a commitment letter. Okay. So that is a piece of paper that shows, hey, you've been approved for these funds. That takes the mystery out of this. Like mm -hmm. you're good to go. I want people to have that leverage as quickly as possible. Not only so you just like can kind of take a take a breath, but also if you need to negotiate inspection items, I want you to have like a position of strength. Like, hey, look, I'm already approved for my loan. We got it in two days. Right. We're ready to rock. I just need a couple other items. So I there's no reason to me to to me to try to delay that process. But truthfully, most people begin it after attorney review. Once you're out of attorney review as a buyer, 
the first thing you're going to go for is your inspections. You usually have like 10 days to do that unless the timeline was modified. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing you're working on. Common questions like what inspector should I use? It's yeah. extremely local. You're going to get a local inspector. They're in every market and you'll usually ask your realtor for who they trust. It's somebody they've worked with for years. Some people said, I will say Let's in my it. comments, yeah. get an inspector in addition that your realtor didn't recommend. I like that. If you don't, I, but I guess that's I like only that. if you don't trust your realtor. Like I really exactly. trust our realtor, yeah. agent, whatever you want to call yeah, her. Why would you not take their referral? Where on I feel like there's no way she would give me someone that she doesn't trust. But exactly. I guess if you're working with like one of those red flag agents that has, are just trying to make money off of you. Yeah. They potentially could give you someone that's just going to like get yeah. through the assessment as quickly as possible. It's yeah. It's not bad to get different quotes. I think different quotes for most things is helpful just mm -hmm. to kind of gauge where you're at anyway. But that was one of the things I messaged you that I think was important is like, it's entirely on you as the buyer to figure out what's going on with this house. Like you're the one taking on the risk. The seller is supposed to disclose issues to you that they know about. Right. Oh, the seller's like, disclosure. We didn't go over that. Right. So like this seller's disclosure, again, varying on state, but most, most places they have to fill out standard form that what's the age of the roof, when's the last time you had the HVAC service. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to answer to the best of their knowledge. So whether or not they're lying, who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. But as a buyer, like you get one crack at figuring out what's wrong with this place. The moment you close, you're That's taking so on all- That's so overwhelming to it me. It is. It is. But emphasis on the inspection. You want a good inspector. You want it. What Ugh. I had mentioned to you was, yeah. this is where you want to spend your money. Trying to even buy the house is going to cost money because you have to get these inspections done even if you don't necessarily close. But this is your opportunity to like get, a, and some realtors might hate to hear me say this because this is what can make deals more complicated or more tense is like you figuring out what's wrong with the place. Again, I'm just looking out for you as a buyer. That's that's who I care right. about. So I'm telling people, if there's a septic, get the septic inspected. For me, like there was a chimney, I got a fucking fiber rock that can wear up the chimney yeah. to see if it was cracked inside. All the extra inspections you can get, you should. And because, some pump, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. The general inspection is going to include, yeah, yeah, I like all the I'm terms. just throwing out I words. Like I'm terms. like, I heard this word on the call. Like, yeah. I like the terms. Get there it's like, teacher, out. tell me I'm smart. <laughs> yeah. So it's money well spent on inspections and you don't need to limit it to just one inspector. You okay. can get septic inspection. You can get an underground oil tank sweep. You can get all this other crazy shit. And then we would close. <laughs> I know you want to, I know you want to well, get I'm just to like, this is, this is wild. Yeah. So the inspections that you're moving along are kind of in parallel to the, the loan process. Okay. So while you're doing that, I'm working on your loan in the background. When I know you've had an accepted offer, I'm going to remind you of the documents I need to get your loan approved. Yeah. What we're looking at is to make sure all of the information I took from you matches your documents. You, you said you had 100K. I need to see the bank's name was 100K. Can I ask a dumb question? Are you affiliated sure. with a bank? So I do work for, I am. Yeah. So I do work for a company called Fairway Mortgage okay. and we're what's called a direct direct lender. We're a bank, but we're a non-depository bank. So you do not, people, like most people haven't heard of direct lenders because all they do are mortgages. Okay. You don't do normal banking, like checking and savings accounts right. there. Because like strictly I'm, mortgages. we're pre-approved through JP Morgan where- Chase, right. Right, Chase, where like right. our money is in yeah, yeah, yeah. our checking yeah, and savings account. Yeah, sometimes account, they give you incentives for that and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was just, I was wondering. Yeah, well, there's a, we could talk about that two different lenders and how they're structured at some point. It's- or, what is it? Or not. Well, there's different ways. Like, there's different there's different platforms for that, right? There's online lenders, Rocket Mortgage, Quicken Loans, all yeah. that kind of stuff. There's more classic retail banks, Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. Then there's direct lenders that only do mortgages, which is like what I work for. Okay. You just can have different expectations of how the process is going to go, right? So like some places work like a call center 
where you formally apply for the loan by call, like going into a bank branch or calling someone right. random that you don't know versus again, like someone like me, I, I sometimes like to use accountants as like an example for this. You could do like H&R Block, you could do TurboTax, or mm -hmm. you could go to like a local accountant like me. who's got the firm. Oh, you know my I mean? accountant is like a 70-year-old woman who is my bestie. She's it, been my parents' accountant for years. Right. And she's like, Cammy, yeah. Like, she'll call me. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why yeah. haven't you paid your tax? Yeah. Like, she's my girl. Keep you on point. But I, but she's like you. Like yeah. Similar thing, though. They, they care about the reputation is 100%. the important thing to me about that. And a personal relationship. You call the call center. You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know if it's the first day on the job or if they've been right. there for 10 years. And if it doesn't go well, this is what I like to mention about online banks. If it doesn't go well, they're going to still get phone calls the next day because they sponsor the PGA Tour or they have yeah. a stadium or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or like if I mess up, like it's going to hurt my business and my reputation. Totally. So I, that's why I like my kind of model on it. Mm -hmm. And just the service itself is going to be a little different. Like call center operations, they're trying to do high volume, right. trying to get you in and out sort of thing. It's not as as tailored. So then we eventually close. <laughs> Finally, are we closed? Yeah. So, I mean, inspections, first big milestone, loan approval, somewhere in between, hopefully early, appraisal, another okay. big one, okay? We're trying to make sure the house is worth what you're buying it for because the bank's going to lend their money based on that. Bank's okay. going to give you money based on the lower of what you're paying for the house and what they think it's worth. Okay. The way the appraisal works is they're going to try to see other similar sales, similar purchase price, similar bed, bath count, square footage, as close to proximity to your house as possible Yeah. to try to bracket your house in between. Like if you're buying a house for 500, they want to see their similar houses for 520, for 480, you're somewhere in the middle. It's very hard to get a house to appraise when you're the most expensive one. And where, again, people ran into this issue is when houses are going for more and more and more, everyone's going over asking, over asking, you start to run into appraisal issues because there haven't been enough closed sales at the higher price points to give appraisers that data to try to bracket you in the middle. Okay. So the appraisal is like another notorious milestone people get nervous about because like what happens if I'm buying it for 580 and it comes in 550, we got this like, you know, 30K problem we got to figure out. What would that problem entail? So long as you didn't waive your appraisal contingency, it's a negotiation with the seller. You can ask the seller to cut the price to what it appraised for and you just say, I'm only going to buy it for, in that example, 550. I'm not going to buy it for 580, just going to buy it for 550. They can say... I think it's worth 580. I think if you don't buy it, I can sell it for 580. So give me 580. That's where a deal will die. Like you guys can't agree. So you agree to disagree. So that's just a straight, you know, yeah, dissolution of the contract. You can agree to meet in the middle somewhere. That's a common one where okay. buyer shows, okay, listen, I'm, I'm going to try to help out. And the seller's like, all right, I appreciate that. And you do, that's a common, common outcome there. That's where people get nervous because depending on how much money you're putting down, if the house doesn't appraise, like you have to cover that difference in cash. That's where people are like, shit, like I've got 20K to put down. If it doesn't appraise by 10K, that's too big of a gap for me to, to, to figure out. There's ways to resolve the, that appraisal gap that I won't, it's convoluted, yeah. so I won't get too crazy about that. But that's one big uh, milestone. The other important thing is when your offer is accepted and you're heading in that attorney review process, you have to put down a deposit. Okay. often with your attorney or the title company if an attorney's not used. And that's just held there until closing to prevent you from just like straight up running away a week before closing with what nothing invested. somehow it falls out? Do you get that back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in hundreds of transactions, I don't think, I've seen maybe one person lose their deposit. So you almost always get that back. Why if they something, lose it? 
because there was a bona fide reason that they didn't close that was within their means and okay. they just really didn't want to buy the house. And the seller's like, nah, like you just completely screwed me. It becomes a debate between got it, got the attorney. It. Most people though, and this is important to keep in mind too, nobody wants to go to a lawsuit if this shit doesn't work out. Who right. wants to spend more money on that? So people will always be like, oh, they can't, they can't do that. Like, it's not, it's like, okay, sure. They can't do that. Are you going to sue them? So like, you got to keep that in mind from a practical God. standpoint. Like a seller might just delay your closing. You're supposed to close tomorrow. And they're like, we're not going to close for four weeks. You're like, dude, what? We, we agreed on this specific date. I got shit going on. What are you going to do? Right. Are we going to try to sue them for not closing in time? Like this people got to remember where, that. Like, my anxiety struggles. <laughs> yeah. I was not trying to stoke the anxiety. No, because yeah. like, and I'm dealing with this right now where we're just waiting yeah. for half this to come on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I hate feeling like I have no control over this situation. Yeah. And putting so much trust in the universe, other people, yeah. any of that for such a huge thing. Yeah. Is the anxiety more from not finding the right spot and not knowing when it's going to come on? The or just about what's going to come I'm after? I'm ready to move. Yeah. I'm ready to get out of the city. I'm ready. I, I really want a home. I want to be in the suburbs now. Yeah. And that's happened recently, that shift. Yeah. Okay. And now you're feeling like a real burning passion. Now yeah, I'm yeah. feeling like, okay, I'm ready here. And there are just no houses right now. On so the again, not to get all doom, in, in what we're looking doom and gloom, but like there's yeah. people that have felt that way for a long time. Oh, a hundred people that have made offers 12 different times. And I all am of them definitely come, not alone in this. You know what I mean? And um, I will say I come from such extreme privilege in the sense that Me like too. I, I we that. have our apartment we're not on you were yeah like you have no pressing like yeah timeline. got to get in here for the school district right or i will say like i do want to send like liam to schools for tooth program right in the suburbs not in new york and right. i do want to we we don't want to have a second child in this apartment and i also don't want to be like against a serious timeline of pregnancy and delivery so like for my mental ability to come to terms with trying to have a second kid. Right. I would like to have that kind of locked. And yeah. there is this pressure I feel a lot of people in my life are pregnant again who gave birth around the same time as me. Yeah. Every single person actually minus one. Oh yeah. And wow. so yeah. I'm kind of like, wait, what? I'm not ready, but I'm also like, okay, now it feels more in the imminent future. And we were doing construction on our apartment that finished five days before I gave birth. And I oh, yeah. don't want to go through that anxiety again, where it's like, no, 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 guys, like we needed to finish this yesterday. Yeah. Like there's a baby coming out of my vagina. I feel that. Second. Yeah. I feel the, the pressure of it. I mean, I, I closed in my first house within a week of when my son was born. Like, so I remember like my wife being super pregnant, the stress of the right, whole house it's really thing, stressful. like moving everything. Absolutely. It's such a privilege and incredible thing. To not have that strain of like, well, no, what I'm saying, it's such a privilege to be buying a home. And sure. like, you know, a lot of times I remember when I was talking about this and people were like, shut the fuck up. You're like combined. Like who yeah, cares? Yeah, yeah. Does it really matter? Like I'm not, it's a, it's such a rich person problem, but it's still stressful. Yeah, no, but it's so also it more achievable that. for people than they think even like, cause even that, misconception that you need to have 20% down or you right. need to have a great credit score. Like you can have just a decent credit score or yeah. we can get your credit score to where it needs to be. People think they're like people won't even try because they make these assumptions that yeah. they're out of for whatever reason. Like that's why it's important to talk to somebody that can actually help you out. I think it would it would help to maybe focus on some of the positives of what's going on with yeah, the market Tyler. and trying to get a little spin right Tell there. Us. Give so, us some positives. Um, part of the reason it's going to be hard to find a house is regardless of what's going on in the economy and the market, like the fall and the winter is always when things start to slow down. But you can use that more in, 
towards your advantage as a buyer because if someone's selling a house in the winter, it's usually because they need to sell it. Okay. Otherwise, they'd wait till the spring. That's like the infamous time to list your house. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing houses start to come on now and through the winter, it's usually motivated sellers. If there's not as many people out there buying, which there's not because rates have been going up. Right, at all. You have less competition. There's yeah. a huge benefit to being the only person bidding on the house. You can get shit tilted your way. We were talking about people going totally. crazy with the waving inspections. Now we're the complete other way. And I will say like, when we put an offer in on one house, we were one of five. And then the second house we put an offer in, we were one of three. There you go. And that's very that different. That trend is just continuing, what by the way. our agent has it's seen gonna, over the past it's year. It's going to keep going that direction too. Like yeah. th- that whole thing is not even finished playing out. But can I just also say, if people aren't putting their houses, you know, if all the houses typically more come on in the spring, which I get, like it's yeah. fall, end of fall, winter, it's holidays. Yeah. It's cold. I get that. Yeah, people yeah. are traveling. Like yeah. in reality, oh, yeah. of course, you're not gonna put your house on the market yeah, Thanksgiving week. People right just off this aren't quarter, gonna yep. go see it. Yep. But then I'm kind of like, do I even wanna buy a house in the fall or the win- end of fall winter? Because then are all the good houses gonna come in the spring and it's a mist. Like, well, that's that- the thing. You can still find a good house if that owner needs to move for work no, I or know, something. But then my yeah. mind goes to like, but what if all the better houses come out in the spring and then I've already yeah. bought a house? Well, yeah, this is the important, like I'm I trying. Know. It doesn't hurt to keep things on your radar. That's just why you want to be prepared. Like I have people that talk to me a year in advance. They just want to be ready because they might move up their timeline because the right house came on. So that's why it's important to get everything lined up. If you're getting a loan, make sure you're ready to rock. The other thing to keep in mind at the spring though, is that's when everybody else is buying houses too. Yeah. So more more houses are coming on, more competition. Now we're dealing with all the other issues. Now I'm dealing with 20 people. Again, like, can I, can I still find a great house in the fall and winter that I can get a good deal on, I can get it at a discount, get some of my maybe closing costs covered, get all my inspections cleared out, and then I'll paint it or I'll add something I wanted Mm -hmm. to add. So this is more lending towards that side of like, maybe buy something that's not completely perfect, but get a great deal on it. And I will say like from a rate perspective, rates are just continuing to go up. It's wild. It's insane. So I just, (laughs) I just, I had a client that was calling me that I helped him buy a house two years ago and he wanted to take money out with a refi, yeah. when the refi is loan, yeah. took more money out. D- had no idea, which it's kind of crazy. Everybody knows rates are up. Yeah. No idea this guy. So he's like, <laughs> hey, dude, I want to take out like 50K. And I'm like, dude, uh, I see we got you like 3.25. Right, that's close. not the case anymore. I was like, it's 7.25 right now. No, it's insane. His loan was 400K borrowed. It was exactly $1,000 more expensive right now. Joe showed because me a of tweet. Because that difference in the Yeah, loan. Joe showed me a tweet that was like in 2000 and t- I forget the year. Maybe 20. One yeah, more rate 20, really 21. 20, yeah, 20, those, those two years. You would have been able to afford a house that was maybe like a million dollars that right now would be 500K. Exactly. 100%. Like, so think about, and, and this is kind of what's adding to people's dilemma and making it challenging yeah. is that same house you're looking at two years ago, especially if you're a first time buyer, you're looking at a house for like three, four, 500. The only way to like compensate for your payment now being so much higher because the rates are higher is to try to find a cheaper house. Mm-hmm. In every area, there's not just a cheaper house. You yeah. can't just go from 300 to 200 in certain markets. There's just nothing that's selling that cheap. So that's where people have more of the dilemma of like, do I need to rent for another year? Do I got to yeah. live at home for another year? I have year? a lot so of friends that are doing that. that and that's, that's the painful thing to see and the frustrating thing to see. And look, people it very that, much could be our yeah. future. I don't I don't know. I, yeah. I hope it's not because I don't love moving. So I, I don't right. typically want, that's not my preferred option, but right. you can't write anything off in this. Market. No, I, but one thing I like to mention to people too, if they're trying to figure that out is 
back to my earlier part about us measuring the relationship between debts and income, mm-hmm. one of the best ways to try to position yourself better for a loan is to focus on paying off debt. Okay. So if I put down another 100K on a house, my payment is going to drop by like 550 bucks for 100K. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Yeah, that's an important little thing. You're saying you live in this house already? No, I'm saying if I'm buying a house and I want to throw down another $100,000 down payment, Mm -hmm. you would think your mortgage payment is going to be like two grand cheaper or something. Yeah. It's 550 bucks cheaper. For, so I'm, I'm going to put down another 100K and okay. my mortgage payment's only going to drop by like $500. So if you have a car yeah. and you have a $10,000 loan on it and your car payment's 600 bucks, pay off the car oh, loan. Oh, you're saying focus on yeah, that. Yeah, focus that. on your Got debts. It. People okay. get all in on like, how much money can I put down on the house? I'm like, dude, that's one of the best places to borrow the money because yeah. it's stretched out over such a long period. If you're trying to like prep, prep right, yourself, right, you're right. trying to deal with higher mortgage payments, focus on paying off debt. Okay. Credit cards, car payments, get that College. shit gone. Because people are always looking at just the mortgage payment. Like what you're really paying is a combination of everything. Your car, your credit card, your student loans. People just focus on the mortgage part. How can I make this mortgage payment cheaper? You could afford a higher mortgage payment if you didn't have any other debt. Interesting. So in this in this okay. downtime where like you're trying to save money, you're trying to, you know, maybe rent for another year, focus on getting clear of debt. You'll be able to afford more of a house, a higher priced house and bigger loan if you could just get some of that debt out the way. That is very helpful information. Got a budget. Ty, this has been amazing. Yeah. That like I I could literally talk for five hours. I know there's so much to know. So I think you just spilled so much knowledge for people, which I hope is very beneficial. I rarely do like these formal, not formal, but like more educationally focused episodes. But this is just a topic that I feel so many people message me on and I'm learning and don't know nearly enough to speak on. Right. So I'm so excited for this. But I also think that a lot of people are going to listen, fall in love with you (laughs) and want more of you. So where can they get that? I'm on Instagram. If you want to become my 707th follower. Guys, can we please blow up our Instagram? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it's T. Howe Mortgage. So my full name's Tyler Howe. You can check out my reviews online. H-O-W-E. H-O-W-E. So the Instagram's T. Howe Mortgage. But I have a Zillow profile if you want to read reviews. I've got a, hundreds of reviews out there. And again, you can email me. My email's on that Zillow profile. Or you can DM me. That's probably the easiest way to get yeah. a hold of me, but happy to answer any questions. And Do you have your email on your Instagram? You should do that. We can set it up on our after this. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll get some cam uh, ticks and, tips yeah, and tricks. I'll, I'll do some things. Yeah. Okay, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on here. And like coming into the city for this, it means yeah, the world yeah. to me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.